Hello and welcome back to The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment with Gilda and Barbara. Today we're doing a book study on A New Earth, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose, written by Eckhart Tolle. And we hope you have your copy so that you can follow along. Today we are in Chapter 2, Section 6, Ego, The Current State of Humanity, The Lost Ring. My name is Barbara Wainwright and I'm here with Gilda Simone. Welcome, Gilda. Thank you. The Lost Ring. When I was seeing people as a counselor and spiritual teacher, I would visit a woman twice a week whose body was riddled with cancer. She was a school teacher in her mid-forties and had been given no more than a few months to live by her doctors. Sometimes a few words were spoken during those visits, but mostly we would sit together in silence. And as we did, she had her first glimpses of the stillness within herself that she never knew existed during her busy life as a school teacher. One day, however, I arrived to find her in a state of great distress and anger. What happened? I asked. Her diamond ring of great monetary as well as sentimental value had disappeared and she said she was sure it had been stolen by the woman who came to look after her for a few hours every day. She said she didn't understand how anybody could be so callous and heartless as to do this to her. She asked me whether she should confront the woman or whether it would be better to call the police immediately. I said I couldn't tell her what to do, but asked her to find out how important a ring or anything else was at this point in her life. You don't understand, she said. This was my grandmother's ring. I used to wear it every day until I got ill and my hands became too swollen. It's more than just a ring to me. How can I not be upset? The quickness of her response and the anger and defensiveness in her voice were indications that she had not yet become present enough to look within and to disentangle her reaction from the event and observe them both. Her anger and defensiveness were signs that the ego was still speaking through her. I said, I'm going to ask you a few questions, but instead of answering them now, See if you can find the answers within you. I will pause briefly after each question. When an answer comes, it may not necessarily come in the form of words. She said she was ready to listen, and I asked, Do you realize that you will have to let go of the ring at some point, perhaps quite soon? And while I'm reading this, I'm just thinking, these are great questions to ask yourself about things that you might be hanging on to in your own life. So the first question he asked was, do you realize that you will have to let go of the ring at some point, perhaps quite soon? So what is it in your life that you might need to let go of? How much more time do you need before you'll be ready to let go of it? 
will you become less when you let go of it? Has who you are become diminished by the loss? There were a few minutes of silence after the last question. When she started speaking again, there was a smile on her face and she seemed at peace. The last question made me realize something important. First, I went to my mind for an answer and my mind said, yes, of course you have been diminished. Then I asked myself the question again, has who I am become diminished? This time I tried to feel rather than think the answer. And suddenly I could feel my I amness. I have never felt that before. If I can feel that I am so strongly, then who I am hasn't been diminished at all. I can still feel it now, something peaceful, but very alive. That's so beautiful that she was able to, within moments, arrive at inner peace, basically. Like she said, I can feel it now, something peaceful, peaceful, but very alive. And it only took minutes for her to get there. Eckert continued, that is the joy of being, I said. You can only feel it when you get out of your head. Being must be felt. It can't be thought. The ego doesn't know about it because thought is what it consists of. The ring was really in your head as a thought that you confused with the sense of I am. You thought the I am or a part of it was in the ring. Whatever the ego seeks and gets attached to are substitutes for the being that it cannot feel. You can value and care for things, but whenever you get attached to them, you will know it's the ego. And you are never really attached to a thing, but to a thought that has an I, me, or mine in it. Whenever you completely accept a loss, you go beyond ego and who you are. The I am, which is consciousness itself, emerges. I love that. It makes me think of toddlers where they relate to everything as that's mine right? and they don't want to share. It's mine. <laughs> and I think we're adult toddlers thinking, no, that's mine. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, and 
I understand, you know, if you've invested a huge amount of time or money into obtaining something that ultimately you're going to put a lot of value on it. And it's going to be difficult when it comes time to part with it. And that time will come, <laughs> no doubt it's coming, you know, but how you are able to either release it, let go of it, and see it as something that you treasured for a moment and become willing to release. It's the difference between, as it was with this woman, she was angry and upset, in distress. And in moments, after thinking things through, only I'm not going to say thinking things through because that really didn't serve her. It was when she felt her way through it. That's when she recognized that she had identified with it. And indeed, it had nothing to do with her I am presence or who she really is. It's a thing. That's so true. And that reminds me of somebody in my life whom I love very, very much. And I guess you would maybe call them a hoarder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just have like, just like a bunch of stuff, just like random things. And they keep accumulating random things throughout the day, throughout the week. And if you ever try to like, maybe speak to them about this, they get a little defensive and they don't seem to understand why. I understand it's putting value in things. It becomes empty after a while. I mean, how many things do you really need? I, I, I love the fact that I have a refrigerator full of food. I have a roof over my head. I have a soft bed to lie down at night in, and I get to take a warm shower. Those are things that I absolutely love. Beyond that though, do I need other things? I don't know. That's true. And I, I feel like this person in my life, some of the things that they feel like they need is because those items belong to somebody who passed away. So I feel like for them, they feel like, oh, like, if I keep this, this keeps me connected to that person who's no longer here. Um, so I guess I understand that aspect. But when it comes down to the other random things, it's kind of hard to understand sometimes because I don't experience that myself. True. She said, now I understand something Jesus said that never made much sense to me before. If someone takes your shirt, let him have your coat as well. That's right, I said. It doesn't mean you should never lock your door. All it means is that sometimes letting things go is an act of far greater power than defending or hanging on. There's a lot of truth in that sentence right there. In the last few weeks of her life, as her body became weaker, 
she became more and more radiant, as if light were shining through her. She gave many of her possessions away, some to the woman she thought who had stolen the ring. And with each thing she gave away, her joy deepened. When her mother called me to let me know she had passed away, she also mentioned that after her death, they found her ring in the medicine cabinet in the bathroom. Did the woman return the ring or had it been there all the time? Nobody will ever know. One thing we do know, life will give you whatever experience is most helpful for the evolution of your consciousness. How do you know this is the experience you need? Because this is the experience you are having at this moment. Is it wrong then to be proud of one's possessions or to feel resentful towards people who have more than you? Not at all. That sense of pride, of needing to stand out, the apparent enhancement of oneself through more than and diminishment through less than is neither right nor wrong. It is the ego. The ego isn't wrong. It's just unconscious. When you observe the ego in yourself, you are beginning to go beyond it. Don't take the ego too seriously. When you detect egoic behavior in yourself, smile. At times you may even laugh. How could humanity have been taken in by this for so long? Above all, know that the ego isn't personal. It isn't who you are. If you consider the ego to be your personal problem, that's just more ego. I really like this sentence. Life will give you whatever experience is most helpful for the evolution of your consciousness. And if we exchange the word life, you could say the universe will give you what you need. I find this to be true. And when people are wanting to express their divinity in the world, life will give you exactly what you need to express that creative gene that's in your body. It's unique for everyone. The universe will open the doors and help you to give that gift that's inside of you back to the world. I really believe that's why we are all here is to become conscious of the gifts that we have inside, the gifts that we were born with, that we're meant to turn around and gift back to the world. And I love how he says, life will give you whatever experience is most helpful for the evolution of your consciousness. Now, it could be a challenging one, like this woman thinking that her ring was stolen and she identified with it and thought it was a part of her. Or it could be a blessing of new doors opening, new connections being made that will help you to live your ultimate life, to be the gift and to express the gift that you are in the world. 
That's so true. And if you didn't go through a lot of the stuff that you went through, and if I didn't go through the experiences that I went through, we wouldn't be able to sit here today and have this podcast, for example. <laughs> we wouldn't be talking probably, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We wouldn't even know each other. <laughs> so true. The doors have opened in miraculous ways for certain, for me. And I am ever so grateful to have met you, Gilda, and to have you in my life. What a blessing you have been in my life. I'm so grateful. And, you know, that's to me, I, I call that God working. That's God working in our lives to create miracles for us every day. Thank you so much, Barbara. I love you. And I feel the same way. You've been such a blessing to me. And I'm so grateful to know you. Same. Same. It's definitely been God working that brought us together, that's kept us together, that's kept this podcast live, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we have all the technology that we need to continue to create this. It's a gift. It's really a gift. It is. Well, I guess that's the end of this section of the book. And I hope that you are receiving as much value from this reading as we are. And we do have a Facebook group, which you'll hear about in a minute. It'd be wonderful if you joined us there. And until next week, I'll say goodbye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to go deeper into a spiritual conversation, you can join our Facebook group, The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment with Gilda and Barbara. Or you can contribute by going to wainwrightglobal.com forward slash go forward slash support.